the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good news on the trade front. China is postponing punitive tariffs on U.S.-made cars and other goods following an interim trade deal with Washington. This morning's announcement comes after the Trump administration agreed to postpone a planned tariff hike on $160 billion of Chinese goods and cut in half penalties that already were imposed. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer says China committed to buy $40 billion of American farm products along the way. President Trump says the USMCA, the new trade deal with Canada and Mexico, will be good for the entire continent. It's uh, really tremendous for the region, but it's fantastic for the U.S. The president is pleased the Democrats have finally agreed to put the trade deal up for a vote in Congress. It's expected to pass with bipartisan support. This is SRN News. Mark Levin sees more of the same. Why are all these people running on the Democrat side for the nomination? When there's really not much difference between any of them. And as a group, among any of them? Am I wrong? They all represent the same hardcore part of the Democrat Party. They're hoping they can break loose through identity. They're hoping they can break loose with one idea or another idea. But all in all, aren't they the same? At least from a policy perspective? Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. This Christmas, don't do ordinary, do extraordinary with a gift from Wixon Jewelers. There are only 10 days till Christmas, and Wixon Jewelers in Bloomington is open every day until Christmas to make your shopping easy. Just past 1 o'clock here in the Twin Cities, Sunday afternoon. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows Indoors Weather Center. It's going to be cloudy all day. We'll reach a high of 9 and drop down to a low of 7. And we've got Hour 1 of the Brad Carlson Show of the Narn coming up right now here on The Patriot. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to uh, send us a tweet via Twitter, do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. I just said if you'd like to use, send us a tweet via Twitter, how else would you send us a tweet? I don't have no idea. Facebook, Instagram, I'm not really sure. Uh, Carrier pigeon, maybe? Did they tweet? Smoke signal. Yeah. That would work, too. <laughs> However you'd like to uh, communicate with the broadcast, uh, please feel free to do so. Gosh, it feels like I was just here less than 24 hours ago. Wait a minute. I was! Uh, yeah, I was, uh, it was 
Fun time yesterday. Thanks again to my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, for allowing myself, King Bannon, and Ed Morrissey to come on the broadcast. Uh, Mitch's show to cover the worst sitcoms of the 1980s. Uh, go to am1280thepatriot.com and click on podcasts and find it from yesterday. Uh, I don't I don't, I don't pimp out our podcast, podcast a whole <laughs> lot, but that one I highly recommend because it was just so much fun. And those of you who grew up in the 80s or are familiar with bad TV, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely appreciate it. It was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, we're already gearing up for the next uh, pop culture riffs, which will be, I guess, worst movies of the 1980s is what we were okay. kicking around. And, I mean, that's right in my wheelhouse again. I come up with my own top ten list, but i got to narrow it down to three, so I better start thinking about it now. show hasn't been announced, but never too early to start thinking about it, that's for sure. Well, I do want to get to some uh, local issues in this first hour. And in the second hour, we're going to be joined by political wonk Matt Makoviak for his perspective on the uh, Trump impeachment as well as the FISA abuses. A very damning report came out from the Inspector General's office about the FBI uh, using very flimsy and shoddy rationale and evidence to conjure up a FISA warrant to spy in the Trump campaign, all of which Democrats and progressives and journalists alike said was an exaggeration and a flat-out lie by Trump and his uh, campaign. Well, yeah, not so much. And it makes uh, former FBI Director James Comey's victory lap look even more laughable. But we will talk to Matt Makoviak again at 2 o'clock about that, and uh, we'll save a lot of the national stuff for the second hour. But I, I, I think I should probably reserve the first segment every show for the latest on ineptitude at the Minnesota Department of Human Services. I mean, this has been a running bit for weeks, and it's not getting any better, and no one has been accountable for any of this. Uh, People have resigned and unresigned and then re-resigned, but no real consequences. And uh, the the legislature, particularly uh, the Senate Health and Human Services Committee, uh, are getting... Uh, basically lambasted by fellow conservatives saying, well, I hear a lot of lip service, but I don't see a whole lot of action to this. Uh, you know, and again, I don't, this, this may seem like I'm sounding like an apologist for these people because Senator Abler is a friend of mine and my Senator, as well as Senator Benson, Senator Benson's a friend of mine. And, uh, but I will say since when does the legislative branch of government have any authority whatsoever to make personnel changes within, uh, within a bureaucracy? That that's not how it works. So this idea, well, they're, they're just paying a bunch of lip service to. It. Well, no, they're getting it. They're they're holding hearings, trying to trying to blow the lid off this thing, so something can take place. And Michelle Benson said on this very program about a month or two ago when she was on that until Governor Walls actually steps to the forefront and demands some sort of corrective action, deeper investigations that have taken place, something, anything, that's all that's going to. That we're going to have is just a bunch of hearings, and more people are going to get outraged at the at the, this, the flat out waste that's taking place. Well, the latest it comes from a Fox Nine story: Minnesota will lose out on seventy six million dollars in federal reimbursements over the next four years because of data reporting issues that the State Department of Human Service of Services officials say they're trying to correct. Maybe they should 
look at their uh, motivational posters and get geared up. Maybe that'll motivate them to make corrective action. Who's to say? Uh, the $76 million figure, which comes from a DHS estimate, was first documented in a state budget forecast last week. Agency officials say they do not have enough demographic data for an estimated 5% of recipients in the federal basic health program, which helps provide health care to low-income people. Because of that lack of data, the federal government will not reimburse the state for services to those recipients, DHS officials say. The issue goes back to 2015. Right now, we've got it down to 5%. Our hope is to get it down much lower than that. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. I would think that would be a goal of yours. Uh, Dave Greeman is the Captain Obvious in this scenario. He's the department's budget director, and he told that to lawmakers during a set of committee hearing Tuesday. When Fox 9 asked a department spokeswoman what was being done to fix the errors, the spokeswoman, Janine Nissler, said two projects are underway to improve the interface of information. She did not provide further details. It's like, my God, all this... Every time you ask these people a direct question, you just get a bunch of obfuscation and word salad. Never, ever do you get any specifics on anything. Now, I get we've talked about this before. There were some personnel issues that they said, well, we can't talk about, like with the inspector general, Carolyn Ham, who was put on a paid administrative leave. They completed an investigation and she was reinstated. And it was like, well, we can't comment on personnel issues. That I, to a certain extent, I get. Personnel issues within any company, you know, even if it's, even if it's government, should, to a certain extent, there should be some, uh, some sort of uh, uh, confidentiality. But when you're talking about an agency, and again, we can't emphasize this enough, the largest in terms of budget dollars received biennially, I. Uh, and you're just going to say, well, well, yeah, we, we, we've got we've got two different uh, uh, two different projects underway to improve this. Oh, really? What are they? Well, I, I, I can't really go into it. That's not acceptable. Absolutely not acceptable. To me, it sounds like they just don't have a plan. Well, I think they're just trying to put off, you know, giving specifics. And yeah, they probably don't. But I think they they they're just trying to you know put off specifics make it look like they're 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 doing something when when they really aren't i don't know um continuing with this uh with uh spokeswoman nissler uh we continue to work to optimize the flow of data between these systems and the granular reporting that is required to maximize federal reimbursement nissler said in an email <laughs> unbelievable the issue is the latest dhs error to surface this year leaving state lawmakers and agency officials scrambling for answers. Uh, you know, and this is something that, you know, we've had Senator Abler on before, and this is such a massive uh, part of the uh, of the state budget that, and there's so many complexities to it, as anything having to do with health care, particularly now that the government has been involved so intimately since Obamacare passed in, in 2010, and a lot of states, including the state of Minnesota, uh, devised their own state exchanges. It's just such a very uh, complex and huge issue, and nobody is really grasping how this all works. But people understand $76 million has gone bye-bye over the next four years. People understand that. People understand $106 million worth of overbillings and errors, okay, that is probably gone, 
All right. The, the DHS has said, well, we're trying to engage the tribes, you know, the, the, the Indian tribes that they overpaid for uh, rehabilitation and opioid uh, addiction services. Okay. And all, as well as some counties, they're trying to get counties and the tribes to pay it back, to which they're, they're saying, not only are we not paying back because it's not our error, we don't have that money. Especially since there was one Indian tribe in particular, uh, the, the particular tribe, uh, his name escapes me, but they had reached out to the DHS, uh, the honor system, and said, are you sure this is right? This seems like an awful lot more than we were anticipating. Oh, no, no, that's right, that's right. And when it's later ascertained it's not correct, well, we, we, we kind of need that money back. Wait a minute. You, you, you doled out that you allocated this money accordingly, and you assured us it was correct after we questioned it. Now you're saying, oh, yeah, it was an error and you want it back? Uh, that's not going to work. Uh, in the Friday afternoon news dump, a story came out in the Star Tribune about uh, Governor Walls finally, finally taking a step to scrutinize the DHS and is considering breaking up the agency. Again, this is uh, Glenn Howard of the Star Tribune. Minnesota has hired a consultant to evaluate the embattled Department of Human Services, including looking at options for breaking up the agency, Governor Tim Walls announced Friday. As my administration surfaces issues at the DHS that we have been going on for years, we must dig deeper to find the root of these problems, Walls said in a statement. That is why we need an outside expert to take an independent look at DHS and recommend whether breaking up the agency would improve efficiency, increase accountability, and better serve Minnesotans. Ever since turmoil at the top of the agency began this summer with a string of high-level resignations and unresignations, there have been calls to break it up. The sprawling department employs 7,300 workers has an $18.5 billion biennial budget and touches more than 1 million Minnesotans through health insurance, child care subsidies, and other programs. We are thankful the governor is taking the restructuring of DHS seriously following repeated Republican calls to action. Breaking up the department is a monumental task and something the legislature has examined before, said Senator Michelle Benson, a Republican out of Ham Lake, who chairs a key health committee and friend of the show. Uh, When Senate Republicans have a seat at the table and a voice in the debate, we find solutions that benefit the whole state. So I'm glad I got a quote from uh, Senator Benson because, like I said, she said on on this very program a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, whenever it was, that until the governor actually comes to the forefront of this issue and takes some sort of substantive action, we're just going to continue just spinning our wheels with this. Now, do you think breaking up the DHS would actually be an improvement, or do you just think we need to get the right people in there? Well, they, I mean, obviously it's combo platter, but one thing that has been talked about is w- the whole situation with the Inspector General, Carolyn Ham, when she was put on administrative leave. People are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Inspector General's office is part of this department? Yeah, that, that took a lot of people aback. And we've said it before that certain areas within this department are bigger than some agencies of government. And that's just one particular level of this whole department of DHS. So yeah, it it absolutely has, has become way too big. And again, given that I don't know what the exact percentage is, but 18 and a half billion dollars of budget dollars biennially. uh, Yeah, that that's just mind blowing how how big that is. So, uh, you know, again, we emphasize it, Pretty much every time we talk about a story, and we'll emphasize it again, 
if this is something that is going to serve our most vulnerable citizens in this state and you're not taking it seriously, uh, that's a problem. And again, Governor Walls, when issues first started to really bubble to the surface last summer, he said, well, I, I, I don't do drama. I don't do drama. You know, when his DHS commissioner, his hand-picked DHS commissioner, Tony Lurie, who said that he worked his life, his entire life to get a job like this, resigned after five, six months, okay, costing the Democrats a Senate seat, all right, and Governor Walsh just brushed off. Oh, I, 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 I don't do drama. I don't do drama. We'll just put in a, we'll just put in an interim commissioner, and then we'll look for a new commissioner. And move on there. That wasn't acceptable. And I think Governor Walls, uh, it's obvious he's finally figured it out because this this is a positive first step. And um, to say I'm cynical, I guess would be fair, but I'm also ripe for surprise because you know, something has to happen here. And I think it doesn't matter what political affiliation you are. Uh, our most vulnerable Minnesotans definitely deserve a lot better than what has been received through this, that's for certain. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can reach out via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Want to know the sneaky way to get the perfect gift this holiday season? Just tiptoe into your loved one's closets and look at their shoe sizes. Then head to Skechers and make this holiday the most comfortable ever. Because at Skechers, we have ultra-comfy, ultra-affordable shoes you can buy everybody you know. Let's start with the kids. We have stretch fit, shoes that light up, and many more. And how about for mom, dad, and even the grandparents? We've got boots, sneakers, slip-ons, and so much more. Find Skechers at Skechers.com, at a Skechers store near you, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. A lot has changed at Wicks and Jewelers since they opened in Bloomington 30 years ago. The store is much bigger, the selection unrivaled. But one thing remains, Dan and Hope Wixens' passion to serve you. When you choose a diamond or fine watch from Wixens, you'll get the warm, authentic attention you deserve. Wixens professionals aren't paid on commission, so they take the time to get to know you. For the past 30 years, it's always been more than a purchase. Visit Wixen Jewelers and experience why they're unlike any other jewelry store. Open every day until Christmas. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just $19.95. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Did you know that 45% of consumers look at your online reviews, comments, and feedback to decide if they want to do business with you and your company? I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, and I want to introduce you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for your local business. Salem Surround can help your company get the most out of their online reviews and reputation. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. 
American Pressure is your local family-owned source for pressure washers since 1976. We focus on what you need to clean, and we offer the best brands of hot and cold pressure washers, complete wash bays, portable systems, and custom-built. We do it all for you. Visit us at AmericanPressure.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing with some local issues here in the uh, Twin Cities. A uh, story kind of um, caught my eye this past week. Uh, we, we, well, first of all, let me kind of rewind a little bit. A couple months ago, you may recall, we talked about uh, a story in the Star Tribune where there was a corner store owned by uh, a gentleman, uh, Adil Abelsad. Uh, he is an, a, he uh, immigrated this country from Iraq back in the late 90s. Just, you know, started out a low-level employee at a convenience store, worked his way up, and eventually decided to buy it at his own and was living the American dream, owning his own business and, and thriving. And But because it's in the city of Minneapolis, uh, the nanny staters that are on the city council there, yeah, uh, they saw to it that <laughs> stores like that don't succeed. Uh, they don't allow any more uh, – uh, fla- they put a ban on flavored cigarette sales – raise the minimum age to buy tobacco to 21 and require these uh, stores to carry fruits and vegetables. Because whenever I go to a convenience store, I go there for fruits and vegetables. Who doesn't? Uh, As a result, uh, this gentleman's business has really taken a hit. And, of course, obviously with the increased minimum wage, he can only afford really to keep on one employee at a time and not even full-time. And business is just pretty much... uh, his business is pretty much circling the drain as a result. And I bring all that up because here's another example of how Minneapolis is bad for business. This is from the Star Tribune this past week. Minneapolis officials served Burger King a whopper of their own this week, rejecting applications to reopen two of its locations because of a citywide ban on new drive-through businesses. The fast food restaurants, one in North and other in South Minneapolis, were two of several Twin Cities franchises that shuttered in April 2018 after franchise owners P3 Foods LLC went bankrupt. Their parking lots and counters sat empty as Burger King worked to find a new owner and waited for P3 Foods to remove its equipment from the restaurants. The company applied to reopen the locations last month. However, the city's planners said that because the restaurants were closed for more than a year, they would not be able to reopen in their original condition. One of the other uh, one of the restaurants at 3342 South Nicollet Avenue first opened its drive-through window in 1964. The other at 818 West Broadway opened its window in 1993. Since then, the Minneapolis City Council has cracked down on drive-thrus, saying that they contribute to car noise, idling in traffic, and that they make sidewalks dangerous for pedestrians. 
The city's passed laws prohibiting new drive-thrus in the districts where the restaurant stood, and the ban was expanded citywide this year. It also banned the construction of new fast food restaurants in those districts. So I guess screw the consumer convenience. You know, people just want to get through the drive-thru, get their food, and get out of there. But you know what else is another un- possibly an unintended consequence of this? What do young people often start out in when they get entry-level work? They go to fast food restaurants. Early, you know, it's it's not a bad thing for a high school student to work at a fast food restaurant. They learn a uh, learn a work ethic, a responsibility, you know, some accountability. I mean, my first job when I was in high school, I worked at Perkins Restaurant. You know, it wasn't fast food, but it, it was still an entry-level position, and you know, I it, it I learned that uh, you know I couldn't just uh, lounge around on the couch, watch TV. I had to be sure to keep an eye on the time so I can get to work on time and and everything else, and be accountable to the people who were working there because they would rely on me to clean off tables so they can waiters and waitresses could have new customers come to the tables, that sort of thing. So you have young people living in Minneapolis. These are two prospective employers that are now no longer available to them. No, and Here's the thing. You have businesses that want to open up that people are just going to say, well, I'll take my business elsewhere. There's a, uh, you know, there's a uh, McDonald's or Burger King or whatever right on the outskirts of Minneapolis. You know, there's a lot of first ring suburbs right there that you can just cross over the city lines two or three blocks, you know, whether it be Robbinsdale or New Hope or Crystal or whatever else, Golden Valley, just right on the border. And you can just Go to those restaurants because it's more convenient. People like their convenience, you know, and also for these drugstores, you know, drive through pharmacies. You know, people would rather not go into the store, especially if you want to just go pick up your prescription, go home. You're not going to feel a whole lot like going inside a store when you need some sort of medication to get over whatever ailment you're having. Right. So this is this is just classic nanny statism. Right. They say that they want to try to help out employees and citizens by raising the minimum wage or keeping, you know, the citizens healthier or whatnot, but it only serves to hamper them. You know, when you start imposing these particular regulations upon them, it's, it's ends up, ends up hurting business. And now Burger King, it's, you know, really hard to feel sorry for Burger King, because, you know, franchisees will go elsewhere and that's fine. I mean, Burger King's not going to lose any sleep over, it, but you have prospective business owners want to get a livelihood, you know, want to maybe want to rely on this as their, as their livelihood, dream of owning a business, you know? So city of Minneapolis, apparently not open for business. All right. And you know, it, the, all of this seems so silly. This combined with the, uh, with the mayor declaring some sort of climate emergency, you know, all while, all the while crime is, is spiraling out of control in some er- areas of the city. And they're basically applying a, a, a bandaid to a gaping flesh wound in, in addressing it. So they got completely got their priorities out of whack. Now, don't misunderstand me. I, I, I get that you can handle more than a few issues at one time. I get that. So I'm not saying that they're focused solely on these issues, and because they're focused on these issues, they don't have time to address anything else. That's not what I'm saying. But it doesn't seem like they're heeding a lot of the uh, issues that are really plaguing the city, particularly crime, as we've been talking about. Now, does St. Paul have any policies like this set in place at all or anything similar? I, I think they I think they have a similar minimum uh, 
minimum wage law. As far as the drive-through, that one sounds pretty unique to Minneapolis. I don't know that St. Paul does. Uh, I know that Mayor Carter is certainly a progressive. I use progressive in scare quotes. So this probably wouldn't be something that would be uh, past his administration or particularly the St. Paul City Council. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there probably aren't a lot of conservative slash libertarian minded people in the St. Paul City Council. I could be wrong. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it definitely, if there is, it's definitely not a majority. Uh, that's for certain. So, uh, yeah, this this is just uh, uh, absolute uh, absolute uh, madness. Uh, I'll read a little bit more. I got a couple minutes left in this segment. Uh, Burger King's representatives sought to rebut the city's claim that the locations were abandoned, arguing that it was beyond the company's control. Yet the city concluded that the company did not provide clear and compelling evidence of such, said Matt Perry, chairman of the Zoning Board of Adjustment. On Thursday, the Zoning Board unanimously rejected the rebuttal, denying their applications to reopen. Burger King can appeal the decision to the city council within the next few days. <laughs> yeah, that'll get them far, right? Uh who do you think passed these statutes? Ah, oh, crazy. Well, you know, might as well put up the charade that you're giving some sort of fair hearing, I guess. Uh, company representatives did not respond to requests for comment Friday. Minneapolis is believed to be the first U.S. city of its size to ban drive throughs according to city planners. Okay, so there you have that answer to that question. Uh, yeah, I didn't, it didn't sound very familiar to me when I first heard about it. It was going to affect some of, like, the CVS pharmacies that have drive-throughs that they wouldn't be able to, you know, build new facilities there. Uh, several neighbors of the Nicolette location asked the city to reject the restaurant's application. They wrote that the location was littered with trash and that cars going through the drive-through uh, brought air and noise pollution. Classic NIMBYs, not in my backyard. It's like they decide what's best for all of us. Okay, you know, absolute crazy. So uh, the both. The the but the future of both sites is unclear. Burger King's leases on the Nicolet and Broadway properties end in twenty thirty four and twenty forty respectively. So I don't know what's going to happen with them then. That's a long time. Well, would the drive through thing also extend to like banks, or is it just food related? That's a good question. Um, I it just mentioned specifically drive throughs and cars sit and idle in banks drive throughs. Right. That's an excellent. That's an excellent point. Um, you know, banks will obviously stay open. They just won't have drive-thrus, and you have to actually park and go walk in. Which, uh, yeah, um, Minneapolis, uh, bad for business. That should be their uh, new model, that's for sure. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag N A R N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment in this first hour of the broadcast. Go nowhere. Actual patient testimonials results may vary. The varicose veins and spider veins are hard to look at. I wanted to hide my legs because they were all blue and spidery. They feel like you're dragging bricks around. At Vein Clinics of America, we want you to know you don't have to live with varicose and spider veins anymore. It actually took my daughter pushing me to come into Vein Clinics of America, and I am so glad I came in. If varicose and spider veins are forcing you to hide your legs, if you're tired of the pain and discomfort, we can help. 
For more than 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leading expert in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease, and most treatments are covered by your insurance. I love Vein Clinics of America. It kind of has like a very big family feel to it. It was absolutely the best I could have ever experienced. My legs look beautiful, they felt beautiful, and I felt good inside. Call for your personalized consultation. 800-940-5500. 800-940-5500. That's 800-940-5500. Hey, this is Nick Hall from the Pulse Movement in the Twin Cities, and I am a proud parent of a kindergartner at Heritage Christian Academy. You know, we were really just looking for a school that we could feel like our kids are being poured into, that they are learning and growing in their faith, that they're being challenged, uh, but also given opportunities uh, to be a young leader. And we really see Heritage doing a great job with that. We also really value the community. Um, parents and families really know each other and love each other. And so it's not just a school. It's really being a part of a family. Uh, the principals, you know, they greet you at the door every day. They know everybody by name. It is really an incredible place. Heritage Christian Academy of Maple Grove serves students from 3 years old to 12th grade. For more information about joining the Heritage Christian Academy family or to schedule a tour, visit heritageweb.org. That's heritageweb.org. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Darling, you got to let me know. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Should I stay or should I? Go? That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. If you say that you are mine, just use hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. Thanks as always for uh, tuning in. A uh, little little uh, side note, uh, I actually had this uh, that uh, song by The Clash, Should I Stay or Should I Go? I had that picked out a few days ago to uh, play as one of my bumper tunes, and uh, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg, a music connoisseur, uh, informed me that that song was uh, about The Clash's uh, Mick Jones singing to uh, Ellen Fo- actress Ellen Foley, uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, should I stay or should I go? I did not know this, so uh, it's a... I, I'm fascinated by fascinating facts, so uh, I always appreciate that. Uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and take uh, Mark's call right away. Mark from St. Louis Park is on line one. Hey, Mark, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 
Brad, another great show. And by the way, I just loved your sh- your show yesterday. Boy, I wish you guys would do that more often. Oh, it's too much fun. Uh, more fun than uh, human beings should be allowed to have, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> you work so well together. Uh, all you guys are doing different personalities. It was just a riot. So I can't wait for the movie version. And thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. For doing that. Just real quick on the DHS. And I, uh, so they... Uh, commit taxpayer they fraud and waste taxpayer money, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm I'm on the Jewish faith faith, and we and uh, we have a term called something called chutzpah. So yes. they waste taxpayers' money through fraud and waste, and in order to correct that, they want more taxpayer money. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they come to the legislature. I've been saying this for weeks with hat in hand uh, to try to correct these mistakes because the counties have already said we're not footing the bill. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's just so it's just so frustrating. Yeah, it is. And I, and I know you've got a guess on the, for the fights abuse the next uh, on the next hour. Or so I know you you frown on people calling twice, but I, I can't wait to hear that. To me, that's the worst. The, the Obama's uh, what happened to the FBI and the Obama administration and the IRS to me are two of the worst things in the United States history. But I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. Thanks. Thanks so much for the phone call. And yeah, speaking of chutzpah, um, there were a lot of uh, media. Uh, people who had to eat a tremendous amount of crow because they were all hitting back at Republicans, members of the Trump administration, who all indicated that the uh, Steele dossier was uh, the main catalyst for obtaining a FISA warrant uh, to spy on the Trump campaign. And everybody said the Trump Trump people are lying. Republicans are lying. It's absolutely not true. Well, uh, yeah, it kind of was. So, But like Mark said, we're going to get to that in the second hour. So appreciate uh, appreciate the call, Mark. And, yeah, if you want to call while Matt is on, uh, we'll probably get to that sometime in the uh, within the first couple segments. So we uh, appreciate the support, as always. Uh, there was a uh, – have you heard much about the uh, spree killing shooting that took place a week or two ago in Jersey City? I don't know if you've heard much um, about this. I didn't look into it much. I did hear of it. I don't know the details. Okay, and has been ha- has it been like most other mass shootings where it's just been uh, 24-7 leading off the news saying we need gun control now, we need to get Republicans out of the pockets of the NRA, yada, yada, yada. Initially, you probably did, but since then, it it's not – because to this day – the shootings that took place at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, obviously the Las Vegas shooting, uh, the shooting down in uh, El Paso, Texas, those are the ones that are most commonly brought to the forefront. Why? Well, it's because it fits a certain narrative. It fits a left-wing narrative. You know, the uh, El Paso shooting, the shooter uh, basically had disdain for people of color, illegal immigrants specifically. You know, something that they could tie to the Trump campaign because the Trump campaign has been talking about since day one, we need to stop the flow of illegal immigration into this country. And the Las Vegas shooter was a, had all this high-profile weaponry and was a white guy. So you, you hear a lot about that. And the Stoneman Douglas shooting, because the kids, the survivors there, a lot of them are spewing gun control narratives. So they're propped up by the gun grabbers. And so we continue to hear about that. Now, again, I'm not trivializing anybody's life. Every single shooting, I don't care what it, what it was, okay, is absolutely tragic and could be prevented. And there are laws in place to prevent these shootings. It's just, can't emphasize enough, criminals have a tendency not to follow laws. That's just kind of in their nature, okay? Well, I bring this Jersey City um 
shooting up because uh, once again, this is well, this is the problem with politicos, left wing media types, that sort of thing, is while an active shooter is in progress, they concoct their own narratives and say we need to go after the NRA, we need to uh, we need to vote out these Republicans who are accepting NRA money, yada yada yada. And if they would have passed my proposals, this would have never happened, even though they don't know the circumstances or the background of how these people obtain weapons. And almost without fail, every single law they say, well, if we'd have just passed this law, that would not have prevented the shooting in question. But they never are made to apologize. They're never made to go stand up in front of a camera and say, you know what? I was a little overzealous. Uh, Just this awful tragedy that took place. I I got a little carried away, kind of perpetuated a narrative that doesn't necessarily fit. I'll do better next time. But, But no one ever does it, and no one's ever made to apologize for that. And this goes way back, I can think of it, back in early 2011, the Gabrielle Gifford shooting down in Tucson, Arizona, Congresswoman Giffords. Right away, they're ascertaining that, well, it was Sarah Palin and the right-wing rhetoric because Sarah Palin, just a few weeks earlier, was targeting Gabrielle Giffords' congressional district to flip to a Republican. And so what she did was put a crosshair on a map. So apparently this kook saw a crosshair symbol across this congressional district, and it just set him off. Well, it was later ascertained this person was largely apolitical. Really had nothing to do with it, but nevertheless, it was the narrative that was out there, and some continue to push it today. In fact, it was within the past year or so, the New York Times made an allusion to that and was forced to correct it. So this is the kind of stuff that happens. I bring all this up to say uh, Rashida Tlaib, who has... uh, has been said some things that could be characterized as anti-Semitic, tweeted about a picture of some Hasidic Jews that were killed in Jersey City's Hasidic community. And Rashid uh, Tlaib's tweet read, this is heartbreaking, white supremacy kills. Sets up a great narrative. White supremacy, gun control, it's it's, it's a leftist buffet of their favorite issues. Except... Except this wasn't white supremacy. From a New York Post story, uh, the shooters David Anderson and Francine Graham were followers of the black Hebrew Israelites, a fringe religious movement not affiliated with mainstream Judaism that's been labeled a hate group by experts who track extremists in the U.S. The tweet that Tlaib uh, posted to her personal account had been deleted by Thursday afternoon. Uh, reached for comment, Tlaib's spokesman directed the post to the congresswoman's official account. It was beyond heartbreaking to learn of what appears to be another anti-Semitic act of violence. The hate growing in our community is toxic, the tweet on her official account said. We must do more to fight it and stem the tide of gun violence. My love goes out to the victims, the first responders, their families, and the community of Jersey City. And I say that this particular shooting has kind of gone down the memory hole with some uh, with some media types because the group that uh, this uh, – what was the name of that group? I, why, do, why does this page always do that? My internet kind of crapped out on me. I apologize for it. Or this, uh, I'm sorry, this particular page um, refreshed and went to a different page. 
Either that or... It doesn't help when we're in the bunker, the basement of uh, Salem Media Group, Twin Cities. Either that, either that, or or it could be an operator error, which is is just as likely, I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, these were members of the black Hebrew Israelites, where if you remember this particular group, this group was on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial shouting racist epithets in the area, and it was blamed at a bunch of white high school kids in MAGA hats. Remember that, the Covington Catholic School boys that were wearing the MAGA hats? They were blamed for that. And so that was yet another media failure. So if you tout this group, the black Hebrew Israelites, people are going to Google it and all of a sudden say, oh, yeah, those were the guys who were saying those awful things, but they blamed it on the white kids in MAGA hats. So it would be a reminder of another stunning media failure. And so that's why this is pretty much going down the memory hole. Because now you don't have your favorite narratives that you can perpetuate. Because some of these far-left Democrat members of Congress had some, has said some heavily anti-Semitic things or have implied some anti-Semitism. Okay? And these aren't NRA members that committed these atrocities. So, yeah, this is why you probably haven't heard much about it. So you're, you're going to... They're basically picking and choosing... The, the shootings of their choice. Like a, no, another one back in uh, the summer of 2016, the Pulse nightclub. It was the gay nightclub where 50 people were shot dead, another 50 or so were injured. Uh, it turned out to be someone who pledged allegiance to ISIS and the shooter whom I will not name, and I made the mistake of naming these shooters. I that's It's a policy on the show to not say the name of those shooters and that you will not hear their names again on the show, so that will not happen again. But like the Pulse nightclub shooter uh, pledged allegiance to ISIS before carrying off these atrocities. And yet it was Christians who support gay marriage in the NRA who were largely blamed. And you had the pre- then president, President Obama, coming out and saying, well, we may never know why he, we, why he perpetrated this, uh, uh, this stream of hate. Really? You, we don't know why, huh? Pledging allegiance to ISIS, that, that doesn't quite cover it, I guess, Mr. President. So it's just embarrassing how... There, I mean, in this case, Rashida Tlaib literally whitewashing this shooting, saying it was white supremacy that did this to the Hasidic Jews in this community in, in Jersey City. So absolutely disgusting. This is picking and choosing. But again, you know, everything's political these days, and that's why we're in the state we're in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through. And most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded on to the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. 
That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. If you want to see the most amazing selection of fine watches in the Midwest, you have to visit the beautiful showroom at Wix & Jewelers Bloomington. When you see their collection of the world's most exclusive watch brands, you'll understand why they're one of the leading watch retailers in the country. Most stores are lucky enough to carry just one of these brands, but Wix & Jewelers carries all of the best watch brands under one roof. The expert staff at Wixens will provide you with expertise and service you can't find anywhere else. Wix & Jewelers, just off 35W in Bloomington. Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance here for Kingdom Builders. You've heard them on this station. They say they're not great salesmen, just great roofers. But if you're a homeowner, you've heard the horror stories from your neighbors about roofers who were great salesmen, but terrible roofers, about contractors with no integrity. So my first call was to the roofers who make their integrity the center, not just of their business, but of their lives. That's the Kingdom Builders. And yeah, they are great roofers. I have a challenging roof. Third floor, lots of details, and it was last re-roofed when I was just out of high school. And yet, from the moment they showed up, I had the confidence. I wasn't just going to get a great roof. I wasn't going to get that heartburn you get when trying out a new contractor. So yeah, they are great roofers and genuinely great people to work with. And I have the nicest looking roof on my block. So call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or find them online at thekingdombuilders.net. Tell them Mitch Berg sent you and he loves his new roof. You work hard for your money, so make sure your money is working hard for you. Business 1440 brings you financial advice from pros like Dave Ramsey, Bill Gunderson, and the Twin Cities' own online trading academy. Investing for success and the King Banyan Show. Get real-time market updates, real estate tactics, and tips on investing and saving. Business 1440 will keep more of that hard-earned cash in your pocket. Listen live at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Hey, welcome back, Camp 12, it is Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, for all, as always, for tuning in. One final segment this hour, and then, of course, at the, in the 2 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by national political wonk Matt McCoviak to talk impeachment, Inspector General report, what have you. Uh, have you seen the uh, movie Richard Juliet uh, there, Jason? Didn't it just come out this weekend? I think so, yeah. Okay, no, I have not. In fact, I'm behind on a lot of movies right now. I still want to see um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks, obviously Mr. Rogers. I want to see the Ford versus Ferrari movie, and um, I'm forgetting one other, but I'm, I'm behind no on movies No safe spaces, right now. of course. I don't know. What? Come what? on, get out there and see it. I'm sorry. I just I got stuff to do, and I work here on the weekends. Okay, I don't have a lot of time for movies right now. Fair enough. Fair Except enough. I have been watching a ton of Disney Plus. So, well, who has? I guess. Wow, that's a thing I guess lately. my priorities are just <laughs> in other ways right now. Well, I bring up Richard Jewell because there was a story uh, that came out that uh, Warner Brothers apparently is asking, or excuse me, the Atlanta Journal Constitution is asking Warner Brothers for a Warner Brothers disclaimer statement. In the new film, Richard Jewell, over its portrayal of a real-life journalist. This is from Fox News Entertainment section. The film depicted the search for the identity of the culprit behind the 1996 Centennial Olympic Park bombing, including how the reporter, Kathy Scruggs, helped uncover the truth. Yeah, only after she ruined a man's life by using flimsy rationales to say that he was the one behind the bombing. In the film, Scruggs, who has since died, was portrayed by Olivia Wilde as a woman who traded sex for news tips. 
a detail that newspaper executives said veers from reality. The newspaper sent a letter to Warner Brothers director Clint Eastwood and screenwriter Billy Ray outlining its demands. We hereby demand that you immediately issue a statement publicly acknowledging that some events were imagined for dramatic purposes. Well, that's rich. What else was imagined for dramatic purposes? Saying the guy who found the bomb was responsible for it because that's kind of what they did, the journalists in question. Uh, Anyways, an artistic license and dramatization were used in the film's portrayal of events and characters, the letter read. We further demand that you add a prominent disclaimer to the film to that effect. A Journal-Constitution editor, Kevin G. Riley, told Variety, I think this letter makes it clear how seriously we take the misrepresentation of our reporters' actions and of the actions of the newspaper during that time. We have been clear about how disturbed we are in the film's use of a Hollywood trope about reporters and how it misrepresents how seriously journalists concern themselves with reporting accurately. And <laughs> I almost said it with a straight face. Uh, uh, How seriously journalists concern themselves with reporting accurately and ethically. Well, she might have wanted to think about that before, again, publishing a story that essentially ruined the man's life. And Richard Jewell himself uh, passed away, uh, I think about a decade or so after this incident. I don't remember the exact time frame he passed away. Um, I, I can't help but think that you know, the stress and uh, uh, trauma that was heaped upon him during this incident had a lot to do with it. Right. He also had diabetes, and that was ultimately uh, the reason why he passed away. It was complications okay. due to diabetes. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Uh, but this essentially, they, they just painted the man as a caricature. Wow, well, you know, he was a security guard, wannabe cop, and wants to come off as this big hero that he's willing to put himself on the line because, you know, he, he's desiring to be a cop, and, and you know, they just caricatured him. Yeah, they had and, this um, thing, too, where they said uh, basically he would go above and beyond in his reports for very small violations for, um, I forget, uh, where he was a security guard at. I don't know if it was for yeah. Centennial Park during the Olympics. It might have been before that as well. Uh, but didn't the FBI make him a prime suspect right away? And that's also what kind of triggered uh, why the media kind of went after him. Because which it does make sense. I mean, it's it's okay, especially when you don't have any suspects yet. The guy who actually found the bomb, it's, in my opinion, okay to... Oh, sure. To, sure. Uh, to not assume he's a suspect, but to at least maybe potentially treat him as a suspect. That's why they start using the phrase person of interest. Sure, you know, right. You don't want to you don't want to uh, label yeah. somebody a suspect necessarily, yeah. but yeah, I and and you know, listen, I don't I don't fault the FBI for questioning him, certainly, given all that had happened, but the way that it just seemed like he was portrayed as the, the guilty party, and to your point, because there were no other leads. Well, what other, what? And again, we'll have to watch the certainly watch the movie. It'll probably detail counseling about this. And uh, ESPN, I know, had a a short documentary on the Richard Jewell incident too. I think it was part of its Thirty for Thirty series, talking about that very thing. And I remember watching it when it first came out and just getting angry all over again. How this man's life was was basically ruined, and how they uh, the media throngs were just on their doorstep, you know, day in and day out. So I think it's pretty rich that uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution is uh, all overwrought about uh, getting basic facts incorrect and insinuating uh, uh, something is is incorrect when they just flat out flubbed us. 
You know, so uh, I, I I definitely want to see this to to support the film. And um, you know, someone was saying the other day, I forget who said it, but it, it was a great line. Someone was talking about this on Twitter. You know, when you see this movie, um, you'll say, yeah, you know, your reaction shouldn't be. Why are they making this? Why are they doing this now? This was twenty years ago. You know why? Why? You know why are they bringing this to the forefront now? Rather, your reaction should be, "My God, why hasn't? Why wasn't this made back in the late nineties? This is a story that needed to be told right then and there." And eventually, the perpetrator, someone named uh, Eric Rudolph, was ultimately captured. I think it was two thousand three. So you're talking six and a half, seven years after this took place. Uh, that he was uh, ultimately uh, captured and, and convicted of this uh, this bombing and uh, and you know what I remember when this was covered and Richard Jewell was a suspect and the rationale was given you know typically someone who's the first to find the bomb uh, is typically someone who uh, plants it and I I I was sucked I was sucked in by it I was taken in by it you know so it's how things are reported you know with the with, with your own preconceived notions, it's used to convince and even manipulate viewers. I mean, I like I said, I remember it being taken in by it. It's like, my God, this this guy did something like this. How could you do that? I mean, the and, Duke lacrosse team is the ultimate example of that. Yeah, right. Mm. Oh, we were. T- yeah, I was talking about that recently. Another great uh, thirty for thirty uh, special entitled "Fantastic Lies." Um, yeah, that's one. If you haven't seen, definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, like I say, uh, some people were dismissive of that. Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm kind of going in a different area here, but some people were dismissive of that. Well, you know, uh, uh, rich white elitists have been getting away with stuff for a long time. You know, they should maybe have their taste of their own medicine or something along those lines. And my, I, and I always say, you don't create justice by adding to the injustices. And that was a grave injustice, but it was, it was righted. So, uh, Richard Jewell. Uh, sounds like a fantastic film. Clint Eastwood has uh, put together some fantastic films recently, uh, from behind the camera, that is. So uh, definitely going to go check this out. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Talking to few. Let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the- Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. There are many perks to being a member of the Freedom Fan Club. Join this month and you could win a copy of In the Cauldron, Terror, Tension, and the American Ambassador's Struggle to Avoid Pearl Harbor by Lou Paper. This is not just another book about Pearl Harbor. It's the remarkable story of Joseph Grew, America's ambassador to Japan. 
Sign up today by visiting am1280thepatriot.com. Just click on Fan Club. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across What do basketball, choir, drama club, and marching band all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Minnesota high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM 